politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, and property as if it is the Civil War, Revolutionary War, or no, just a bunch of clicks and grifting. Which one is it? Are we on a war footing or are we on a grift footing? I think you guys know where we stand here at CR Podcast. Your host, Daniel Horowitz, very eager to come back here for Friday. I know you guys were so patient with me being away for four days. It's been a while. In some ways, there's so much to catch up on. Lots of policy, all of our beats with biomedical security, the border, the tranny stuff, the economy, inflation, the green fascism, you name it, the political targeting. It's all there. And it's going to take me a while to dig through this. But on a political level, There's actually not a lot to dig through, even though a tremendous amount happened. We supposedly had this debate. We have another uh, Trump arrest in Atlanta. We have the mugshot. There's a lot going on. But it's all the same theme. Nothing has changed since last Friday and the Friday before that. And nothing will change unless we change the game. And that is that we've never had a political system that is so hell-bent on destroying its people, yet we've never had a movement in place that so emphatically talks about it, but so carefully and strategically avoids doing the few things that will actually resolve the issue. And then they'll revert to talking about, oh, we need a civil war. Well, you know where I stand on that, but if you you won't even show up to your county council with a mask mandate, you won't even show up on any of these legislative fights and you allow 70, 30 uh, conservative areas to be overrun, then you're certainly not going to fight on on a real civil war. It's like, wait a minute, I got to get some clicks. I got to grift. Oh, so that's why we don't come to a resolution. That's why the left continues to march on and the fake right continues to march on with its grift And where does that leave us? So we're going to discuss the last seven days all wrapped into one. I actually think we could cover this in one show. First, our sponsor today, you know, I was on vacation and obviously got a chance to get some more R&R time, but also R&R time with my favorite guns, put another 500 rounds through my several nine millimeters I have. You know what that means? You don't walk away from your gun without cleaning it. I clean with Barrel Buddy. They're these cartridges that provide 360-degree contact, uh, much better than the patches that get stuck and all the lint gets stuck in your barrel and it's not safe. No lint, no fibers, no threads. Um, You don't have drips or splatter. It is the cleanest way, most efficient way of cleaning your gun, and you'll support great patriots who listen to this show uh, barrelbuddy.com, 15 bucks for 50 of these cartridges. It doesn't get much better than that. That's at least a full uh, year's worth of cleaning, uh, even for someone like me who shoots a lot. So again, don't just talk about guns, live guns. Be a responsible gun owner. Clean them with Barrel Buddy at barrelbuddy.com. So the GOP debate, and, and, and it wasn't a debate. It was obviously a game show of contestants just trying to get their moment 
That's what it's designed to do. It wasn't a debate, but let's just call it that for, you know, lack of a better term. It could be summed up in one observation. It's the observation of the debate. It's the observation of the Tucker interview with Trump. It's the observation of MAGA, Inc., Con Inc., the Republican Party, and all of it. They discussed at the debate UFOs, but did not ask a single question about COVID, COVID fascism, vaccine genocide. You know, kind of like the biggest event in the history of this country. And anything that you care about, certainly the economy loomed large in the debate, it looms large in all of our political discourse. Everything we are suffering in the economy flows from COVID and its policies. The gain of function that created the virus, the lockdowns, the masking, the closing of schools, the closing of businesses and churches, the shutting down of life experiences and basically shutting down seniors' lives for for years, and then leading up to the vaccine genocide. And, And obviously blocking of treatment, foisting upon us remdesivir, All these things, it's like it never happened. It is so bizarre. And it would be bad enough if this were completely over with. But it's not. It's not. So one of the big things that obviously occurred since I've left, the mask mandates are back in some places, including in some colleges and businesses in red states that we still have not rectified it. In Florida, there's a law against it. A couple other states passed it. Most red states did not. We still have not rectified emergency powers. We still have not rectified warp speed. And in fact, they approved the RSV shot for Pfizer for pregnant women after the data shows a huge surge in preterm births from the RSV shot. And then... By the third week in September, they're going to approve another variant chasing COVID shot. The Biden admin just announced another $1.4 billion grant for the next generation of COVID shots. So, for, for, first of all, I, I'm not even so into the mask and lockdown anymore because, to me, the main point of that was a one-time thing to get us to the permanent vaccine genocide, which is still going on. The permanent vaccine biomedical surveillance state, which is still going on. It's never left us. But ironically, even the things that are so repudiated are making a little bit of a comeback. And ironically, if if a bunch of red state governors, much less blue state ones, decided we're going to do this again, I'm not convinced we even have the movement in place to fight it, despite everything we know. Because we just have a fake movement that even when it discusses the vaccines and these talk show hosts used to have me on to discuss it, it was just talking point deep. That was a good talking point for the day, so let me cover it. But you don't actually want to redress it because the one man who represents your movement and was the catalyst for all of this, you will not hold him accountable. So this was... The GOP, the RNC, Fox News, and Tucker. Neither of them uttered a word about COVID. But in the the debate, Brett Baer brought up UFOs. 
Why? Why did we not see any bit of COVID come up from Tucker? I mean, how does Tucker allow Trump to avoid him? He, he was the moderator at that first. It wasn't a debate, but it was a side-by-side forum where at least people are seeing back-to-back comparing and contrasting candidates. Didn't show up. Okay, didn't show up. Fine. Then doesn't show up to the debate. Then signals he won't show up to any of them. Oh, but I'm doing Tucker. Yeah, but you didn't do Tucker when it was side-by-side with the other candidates. There's a word in the English language to describe that that would have been ascribed to anyone else, but somehow he's exempt, but okay. Now, since then, Trump has doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on the vaccines. And even with regard to lockdowns, he told Brett Baer, not at the debate, but in an interview a couple weeks ago, that he does not regret anything he's he did on COVID. How does he not ask him that? Then again, to be fair, Tucker asked him no tough questions whatsoever on any policy and personnel decisions. And the only thing that was bizarre, he asked him, do you think Jeffrey Epstein was killed? And he said, no, he thinks he committed suicide. Oh, okay. Whatevs. That's a little bit funny. And the answer to all of this is because the Republican Party, the conservative movement, MAGA, which is the new conservative movement, they're nothing but listless vessels. See, right before I left, there was this big uproar in the Trump world over a comment Ron DeSantis made about these people that just blow in the wind based not on fixed values, but on Trump, on on whether you are aligned with Trump's personality, not even his perceived views. And boy, did it, it just blew up. And there's a reason it blew up, because it was true. Ron has been around for a couple months running for president. And this the reason why I'm so into it is because I was saying this long before he ran. And it's true even beyond Trump. Whatever the latest flavor of the day in conservative industry is, that's what they glum onto. So you could be a piece of garbage, subvert everything we said we believed in, but if you're kind of the coolness of the day, then you're based, you're conservative, you're MAGA or whatever. But if you're not part of the cool clique, Click servitism with the QU, as well as in pursuit of the CLICKs, well, guess what? It doesn't matter if you could have fought for us on everything that matters. You may as well be Mitt Romney. Oh, and by the way, Trump endorsed Mitt Romney when we had another candidate, like he did 50 other times, but but that's the thing. It, it, it's just weird. And before I introduce the clip... Some of you might have heard it last week, but it's been a while. I want to replay it. I saw this guy with hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers, more than me. And he was like, Rona McDaniel is just not doing anything for Trump with the indictment. And I'm thinking, are you that brain dead? Trump endorsed Rona McDaniel when there was a credible challenger for RNC chair, and he could have made the difference. Had Trump endorsed Hermit Dillon, 
Dylan would have won. There's no question about that. There's no accountability. I, I literally see people say, I hate these COVID vaccines. I hate Kevin McCarthy. I hate Ronald McDaniel. Trump 2024. Wait, what? That is what a listless vessel is. When you don't have fixed objectives you are trying to achieve. There's a lighthouse. I'm trying to row my boat, steer my ship towards that direction. No, you're just a listless vessel that you blow in the wind of whatever news cycle is there. There's no continuity of observation, continuity of strategy behind anything. So first I want to play, before we play this clip, just catching up on some of our sponsors we missed this week. We're sponsored again this week by Patriot Mobile. Again, don't just talk all the woke companies, but then when you're given the option to switch from Verizon or T-Mobile, you don't do it. Switch to Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, rather than giving money to those that hate you, to Pfizer. They give money to legal defense for free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team so they can make switching easy and you can actually understand them over the phone. You could keep your phone, keep your number, uh, and it's it's that simple. I don't know why you wouldn't switch. The prices aren't more expensive. You go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code CR. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. And again, they, the, the switch, often you have to sacrifice for parallel economies, you you have to pay more because you're not going with the with Amazon or whatever. In this case, it's just it's very simple. Patriotmobile.com slash CR, offer code CR, or call 878 Patriot today. Don't just be a talker, be a doer. So here was the clip. It was with the Florida Standard, a local Florida um kind of conservative ally of DeSantis. And they asked him about, you know, what do you say about people calling you a rhino after everything you've done? Take a listen to what he said. We, we, we have a strand in our, in our party that views supporting Trump as whether you are um, a, a rhino or not. And so you could be the most conservative person since sliced bread. Unless you're kissing his rear end, they will somehow call you a rhino. So it's been totally detached from principle and what you actually believe and results. And it's more about, you know, just what faction you happen to do. So there'll be people uh, who are huge Trump supporters, like in Congress, who have like incredibly liberal left-wing records that that's really just atrocious. And yet they're viewed as by, by some of these folks as like, as like really, really good. Then you have other people, you know, like a Congressman Chip Roy, who's endorsed me, Congressman Thomas Massey. These guys have records of principle fighting the swamp that are second to none, and yet they will be attacked by some of these people and, and called rhinos. Uh, so it's just been totally detached from any type of substance. And ultimately, a movement can't be about the personality of one individual. The movement has got to be about what are you trying to achieve on behalf of the American people? And that's got to be based in principle. Uh, because if you're not rooted in principle, uh, if all we are is listless vessels that's just supposed to follow, you know, whatever happens to come down the pike on Truth Social every morning, th- that's not going to be a durable movement. All righty, folks. So you basically said unless you're kissing Trump's rear end, you're a rhino, but you can actually be a, a, a clear rhino. And he is referring to people like Elise Stefanik, 
uh, if you listen carefully, all these people that have atrocious voting records, suddenly they're good. And this is a point, whether it's DeSantis saying it, whether it's Trump running, we should all agree on. Many of us were hoping that we would get a race to the top. Here you have Trump with a substantial record. You have DeSantis with a substantial record. You have Trump that did a lot of things that he listened to us and we like, and he did a lot of things where he needlessly went against us. Okay? Particularly on those things is where DeSantis excels. The policy, the personnel, the focus, the discipline, the ideological core, the personal character traits that we say we believe in. And then Trump has sort of the entertainment value that we like, some of the brashness that people like. Okay, let's go and have a debate and move everyone to the right. Instead, what was bankrupt about this week is that we allowed a clown show. How is it that we had a debate and then the side-by-side Tucker interview with Trump without a mention of COVID? Because we didn't have this. And, and again, I don't care who you support. I don't care if you're like, you know, I, I think Trump did a lot of thing, g- g- good things, but you know, yeah, there might have been some problems, but uh, yeah, I still like him. That's fine. You want to support him, support him. But if we are intellectually honest and we're not listless vessels and we actually believe in steering towards something as an end to itself beyond the means of a particular candidate in a specific election as a snapshot of time, we would all admit that, you know, no candidate's perfect. But even if you like Trump, you would have to admit, whoa, there are some glaring problems with character, with focus, with ideology, with follow-through, with personnel decisions. And it certainly at least needs to be vetted out now that we're in a primary and we are so, so, so far away from the next general election. And that we are facing, we say we're facing all these existential threats, but we're not acting like it. We should be calling for someone like Tucker, someone like Bongino. And again, I mentioned people that are downright supporting Trump, but they're respected among the conservative base, the Trump base. DeSantis would have no problem showing up. Mano a mano debate for two hours. That's a debate. You can't have a debate with eight people, particularly when not a single one is running for Trump is running, I I think. I mean, unless it's all a game. And DeSantis is dead serious. He's giving up his potential to be the heir in 2028 because he believes we're out of time. And that's really the most admirable thing of all. Everyone else is not running for president. Vivek is not giving you a rationale. If Trump is the greatest thing around, then why are you running? What is the game? Now, we we know about this. This was the other piece of news that I didn't get to that came out, which I was one of the first to tell you this. But this is from ABC News. Ramaswamy argued that his candidacy could dissuade Florida Governor DeSantis from entering the race, according to a source who was on the call. In the lead-up to his announcement, Ramaswamy would tell several other conservative activists that he believed that if he ran, it could stop DeSantis from running or impact his viability as a candidate if he did enter the race. Again, it's 100% clear what it is. That's why the Trump people all showed up cheering him on. And again, it makes no sense because they're all like, Daniel, 
he's in second place. DeSantis is just falling off. Okay, so if that's true, then why are you obsessed with DeSantis? You should now, if you're a Trump person, you should view Vivek, very articulate, very fresh, young, contrast, you know, offers the MAGA, but, you know, more articulate and smart about the issues. Hey, you know, aren't you worried about him supplanting Trump? Now, I think we all know if DeSantis would drop out, well, I think somehow he would go by the wayside too, <laughs> and all these other candidates. But anyway, all these other candidates either aren't serious, either they're just running on donor money, or... um. If they are, they have no chance of getting out of single digits because no one's that's just not where the party is or the voters are. So it's a joke. It's a joke. But we're a joke because we refuse to have a reckoning on COVID. And it's not just COVID. Remember, you can't get up there and say Bidenomics and inflation and miss the fact that Trump's COVID policies did built 80% of that. Nobody could deny that. Nobody could argue with that. But this is what a listless vessel is. And, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place today, so I'm just going to cover the debate, the indictments, the preparation for Congress to finally come back in September, the defund fight, or lack thereof, and DeSantis versus Trump. All of this together is we are surrounded by a movement of listless vessels. So I will repeat again. If we if if this is civil war levels. Everyone's like Sarah Palin got up there. Everyone's saying this is a civil war. I don't understand if this is a civil war. Then why are you not calling on Trump to call upon McCarthy? It's the five-week deadline from here for funding. DOJ funding runs out. Do not pass DOJ funding unless that bill and the only budget bill that you are willing to pass has a writer defunding Jack Smith's office. Number one. Now you might say, well, what about that Atlanta um, prosecution? which is not federal. Well, that's even easier. How is it that a former president with Secret Service could have to, oh, it's terrible, he turns himself in, he was arrested. Some dinky DA within a red state could arrest him? No, they can't. Trump should have said no. Well, Daniel, but then he can't go to most other states to campaign. First of all, he's not campaigning much anyway. Notice that. He's not campaigning much anyway. No, no formal events on his schedule, on his website. Selling a lot of merchandise, the mugshots. It's almost as if this is just a fundraising. Again, one of two things. Either he knows something we don't, that this is not serious, that he's in on it, or he's just so aloof and his people are so aloof. But either way, they're not doing what it would take to get him out of it. If we are ready to pick up guns, see, I don't just do things for, for rhetorical flourish. Agree or disagree with me, I actually believe in what I'm saying. So if we are on civil war footing, which I believe what they have done to us, how, how they could kill over a million people between both gain-of-function bioweapons, and life just goes on as if it never happened, even though they're continuing to develop more. It's not even like it, it's over. Everyone's wondering, how, do you, how does the media just walk away from a third world style event happening in, in America 
when you have a natural disaster, like a, or assuming this is natural, uh, like a fire in, in Maui, you have that in, in a third world country, you have thousands of people just disappear. They die. First world country, you have warning systems. You get people out. Very few people die. 2,000 people, whatever it is, who knows? And people are like, how do you just walk away from that? How does the media walk away? There must be something fishy. And certainly there's a lot of fishy things. Maybe we'll get to that more next week. But how do you walk away from over a million people killed, economies killed, hundreds of millions of lives around the world destroyed for a lie, worse than a lie? They created it. And it's not even a question. Tucker doesn't even ask about it. To be fair, Tucker was the one who really got Trump to be a Karen to begin with. Look it up. Everyone forgets that. But the point is, if this is a civil... So I believe it is a civil war. I believe what these bastards have done to us on all the top 10 issues we talk about in COVID alone is well beyond the threshold of a war. But my colleagues are saying it. So then why wouldn't you call on Trump? We're not talking about picking up guns. They, they call for a level 100 for rhetorical flourish when you have no goal to achieve, ability to achieve that. But then what you do have the ability to achieve a level 5 or 10, they won't even call for. I will not show up to court. I will not show up for the booking. DeSantis said he will, he will not deliver him, so then they can't get him. So you fight, you give a speech, you defend yourself, you say this is not just about me, you talk about Mark Meadows and Jenna Ellis and all these people simply for getting, giving legal advice, being a lawyer or a staffer, you're now, you're now uh, arrested. It's a big deal. He is the only one who could do that. You and I cannot get away with that. He can. If you want to bring it to the brink, do that. We need a civil war. And I'm like, okay, so then why don't you just not show up and give us, well, Daniel, but then any other governor or police force could grab him in some of these other states. I'm sorry. Oh, what a terrible life. You're just going to have to sit in Mar-a-Lago. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, that's a lot better than, than the rest of us, uh, th those who fought for you who are sitting in a gulag. You could actually say no. Don't don't give me this civil war talk. And 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 it's a similar thing with with um defund versus impeachment is reflective of DeSantis versus Trump. It's refle reflective of symbolism versus substance. Listless listless vessels versus those with their own rudder. So Kevin McCarthy is out there teasing impeachment, but no one is explaining how does impeachment save Trump. See, there's one thing if, let's say, theoretically, Republicans had 67 votes in the Senate. Mind you, half the Senate Republicans will vote with the Democrats on that. So it will backfire, like I've said before. But let's say they had 67 votes, so they had the ability. So then I can understand a strategy that maybe use that as a deterrent to the DOJ. But obviously, they're, they're way far off from that. How does that help get him out of trouble? They're showing mugshots of Trump, of his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. They are dead serious. In a few months, they're going to have trials. If you don't stand up to it with defund on the federal level, 
and then him not refusing to cooperate. Because, again, you can't start this precedent that any local Democrat city, we all agree on that, could just go and grab someone, not like them for politics. Hey, former president or you're a governor, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hitting you up on charges. I agree with that. You know, I've seen some people say, you know, they're going to come for DeSantis too because they're talking about charging him with kidnapping for moving the illegals around. I'm like, you're right. I agree with you. It's not about Trump. That's why it's a disgrace that you're making it about him. If it's not about Trump, then Trump himself needs to lead. Not just fundraise off of sympathy to win a primary with no strategy exit strategy of how to win a general how to stay out of jail and how to stop this oh I believe they would do it to anyone and that's why we need to fight that now but it's the same reason we needed to fight COVID for three freaking years and even in deep red counties and deep red states you guys all complied with it oh we're gonna civil war Yeah, what, you'll show up to the Civil War with your mask? What a joke. What a freaking joke. Listen to Kevin McCarthy here. Well, listen, the thing that holds up whether to do impeachment inquiry, provide us the documents we're asking. The whole determination here is how the Bidens handle this. If they provide us the documents, there wouldn't be a need for impeachment inquiry. But if they withhold the documents and fight like they have now to not provide to the American public what they deserve to know, we will move forward with impeachment inquiry when we come back into session. All right. Thank you for that. Um, Just one other thing going on. Uh, It's uh, about about, about a 30-second clip talking about impeachment. Okay. So... They're withholding documents on the Biden corruption. Really? I mean, Kevin, that's the issue? The Hunter Biden stuff withholding? Look, it's terrible, but what are you going to win more of? A fight with the American people on withholding documents about Hunter Biden that they don't even understand? Or the vaccine genocide, the border invasion, the transing of our kids? The fact that people cannot afford basic living Because of the debt and inflation and the green fascism and the political targeting in general, defensive mechanisms, a defund fight. And again, House Republicans aren't even going to come back until a week after Senate Democrats. Nothing. No agenda. No one's calling for it. Defund versus impeachment. Substance over symbolism. Mugshots. The mugshot. Everyone's focused on, what about a defund fight? How come nobody, including Trump and his people, are calling for it? And and I'll, I'll see some people say something like, hey, McCarthy is weak. Like, didn't someone very prominently save his hide? Rhonda McDaniel is weak. Oh, look at Mitch McConnell. Trump in endorsed him, not in 20, you know, you can say 2016, okay, you want to unite the party, but this was at the end of his presidency. And then, 
Trump wines and dines the media to attack DeSantis. That was another thing while I was out. The night before the debate, sits down with the worst journalist to a plot strategy against DeSantis. If anyone else would have done that, they would have been slaughtered. This is the biggest cardinal sin in conservative media, sitting down with the liberal media. DeSantis ran his entire governorship cutting out the media. Wouldn't talk to them. Wouldn't talk to them. And he spat upon. And that leads me to my next, next point that I think it's time you all hear what a listless vessel really is. But first, our final segment is sponsored by our friends at Birch Gold. Well, folks, I don't know if you saw this, but they had the BRICS conference this week with Brazil and Russia and China. And they added six more countries, Argentina, Egypt, Iran, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, and UAE. That's 80% of the world's oil is in those countries. So they are forming a parallel alliance Countries like China, India, and Australia are transitioning to a digital currency. And it's only a matter of time before they start that here. So these are more reasons why you need to go and diversify with gold. Birch Gold, they want you to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held in tax-sheltered retirement accounts. Text Daniel to 989898 to get a free info kit on how to do this because, you know, for a lot of people, it's new. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews, and Birch Gold has been helping my listeners now for a full year with a lot of success. So join them by texting Daniel to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold and also free yourself from the central bank digital currency, which, again, it, it It's happening. All the things that it might be unpopular, but it's happening because we don't have a movement that is willing to use power to stop this. And by the way, speaking of UAE, BlackRock and the UAE are threatening eminent domain. We talked a lot about the Summit Carbon Pipeline. Well, there's another one called Navigator CO2 in South Dakota. And again, this is all supported by Christy Nome. But Christy Nome is a hero because she kisses Trump's rear end. See, I don't care what you think about Trump and what you think about DeSantis. Once you have a primary, everything just gets defined by that. Put them aside. Why is Christy Nome a hero? That should bother everyone. That should bother everyone. It's not just Trump. There's no pressure. What was the problem what was the national anthem of my career for the last 15 years? It was that we are not using our influence as conservative influencers to pressure the Republican Party to the right. Okay, that, that, that has essentially been what I've been doing. That was true before Trump. Trump just made it great again. He just made the establishment great again. And now we hold them accountable even less. But that leads me to my next point. What would happen if Trump died tomorrow? If Trump decided, you know what, I'm going to focus on my legal issues, I'm going to drop out of the race. I have news for you. And it is something I've come to realize, because a lot of us were a little bit surprised. 
I I understood that people were in with Trump. And I understood that a lot of them would support him. Or I thought a lot of them would straddle and say, look, they're both good, but maybe DeSantis should wait until 2028. And maybe it started out that way. But it turned into the fact that no matter what DeSantis accomplishes, and, and again, it's something we have not seen in two generations, he has may as well be Susan Collins. And no matter how much Trump moves to the left, I mean, not that this is a policy issue, but saying that Jeffrey Epstein indeed killed himself, any other Republican who would have said that would have been savaged. Why does he get away? Look at what Tucker did. Tucker literally said, I can't wait until I have to, it could stop covering the guy. He's retarded. He's autistic. I've had enough of him. And now he covers for his own shirking Tucker himself and then rewards Tucker for not attending Tucker, rewards Trump for not attending Tucker's event by allowing him not to attend the debate. And then do an interview with him and ask him all softball questions. And there's a reason for this. This movement is an industry built off of access. Which is why even if Trump died tomorrow or pulled out of the race, they would never support DeSantis. I, I was trying to figure out why do they why are they so visceral? Like if you believe in anything we believe in, that they say they do. You might be okay, he's not my style, it's more Trump, or maybe you should wait. I think he's a good governor, but you know, maybe I have for whatever reason, not for president. Okay, but why this hatred that he is may as well be a Democrat? What it what he just doesn't make any sense. But it does. Because the problem with DeSantis is he doesn't give access. He does his thing. He has a small group of people around him that he trusts. And he just accomplishes things. He doesn't create an industry. He doesn't engage in patronage. Now, if he wants to win the primary, I do think he needs to do somewhat of a better job of doing that, at least in a, in a, in a measured way, not in a grifting way. But nonetheless, picture – I want you to picture some of my colleagues in this industry. Picture the access they have, and they have had – for seven, eight years. There's a reason why they're promoting Ramaswampy. If Trump were to back out, they would either back him or they'd bring someone like a Christy Noman because they know that those people are built off of a grift. They're built off of the game. DeSantis is the first guy to come in and say, oh, you guys don't want a media circus? You guys actually want to accomplish? I'll give that to you. And then everyone pisses on him because the dirty little secret is they are listless vessels. It is so true. That is all they care about. They don't care about outcomes. They care about access. And DeSantis will never provide them with access. And that's what they cannot forgive him for. I'm just looking at these guys. I know they don't have access to him. So I could have, let's say I have a guy I have access to, but he's horrible for our country. I have another guy, he's never going to play ball with me, but he'll do good things. All the things I, I've been saying and lying to my audience for years that I wanted. 
But it doesn't matter. Which one are you going to choose? You're never going to choose against your own self-interest. That is the moral hazard right now of this movement. So I just want to make it very clear. They are now at permanent war with him. That's what a listless vessel is. You might think, okay, maybe you, yeah, Trump has a special place in your heart, so you're going to support him over DeSantis. But why is it that you're elevating Bruce Jenner and Rick Grinnell and Christy Noem and people that you know are just the armpit of everything you rail against, and they're now better than DeSantis? Yes, because they will provide you access. DeSantis will not. That is the reality. That is the reality. Again, coming back to the debate, you look at all talk. Every one of them, just talkers, talkers, talkers. There's only one person who actually did. Ironically, I don't think DeSantis does a good job sometimes of even selling himself. And that's something he's going to have to get better on. You know, they were talking about the debt and inflation. I'm thinking, dude, there's one guy that gave the greatest tax cuts in dollar amount of any governor in American history. And even while spending all that revenue on tax cuts, paid off a quarter of the outstanding debt in Florida. Oh, crime, crime, crime's out of control. Um, there's only one guy that fired Soros prosecutors and vetoed his own party's Koch brother-sponsored jailbreak bills. Oh, uh, electric cars, green energy. There's only one guy who vetoed his own state legislature's electric vehicle bills. Again, he doesn't sell this. He needs to sell it better. Immigration. There's only one guy that's actually enforcing the law. Issue after issue. Trannyism, education. Need I go on? That's what a listless vessel is. Someone for whom I don't get access to is now a piece of garbage despite accomplishing all that. But but someone like Christy Nome, who is the antithesis of that, will give in to the politics of gender, the politics of identity, the politics of corporations. But she kisses Trump's rear end. She's based. That's what a listless vessel is. That's what our movement has always been. It's just gotten worse now. So, this is the reality. Now, just a little bit of horse race commentary on the debate, what I thought about the, the debate. So, he, he, here's where things stand with DeSantis. Here's where things stand, in my view. First few minutes of the debate, I'm watching it, and I have a sick feeling in my stomach. I'm like, why is Ron doing this? He's allowing Vivek to be the guy beating down the, you know, Chris Christie and Pence. And, and he's kind of just staying above the fray and just kind of, you know, almost like the best way I would sum it up is he ran a general election messaging in the primary. That's what he did at that debate. It was like almost like just speaking straight as a general election candidate. But I wanted to hear the red meat. I was like, no, you got to be the guy that that captures people's hearts. You're letting Vivek do it. Now, Vivek's a whole nother story that he did it in such a rude, petulant way that I think it turned a lot of people off. 
That was the Vivek that a lot of you saw when I debated him on Steve's show. Some of the hopey, changey stuff somehow faded in favor of a real prickly character. So I think that's what people saw. So I don't think he helped himself. But then I started to realize what his strategy was. And basically his strategy was he was placed in a hard position because the RNC worked with Trump to basically allow Trump to evacuate from a debate, not hold him accountable for it, and then place DeSantis at a kiddie table with seven other clownish candidates. So I wanted him to show, you know, be that lightning rod, be the new Trump, fight Pence, fight whatever. But why should he sit and get in the mud with candidates at 3%? That was the trap they were setting for him. And I think he smartly did not fall into that. And I think it shows he, he did help himself. He introduced himself. A lot of people didn't know his background, never really saw him. Fine. So I actually think in retrospect, my advice that I would have given wouldn't have worked out as well. And I think he did the job. Now, with that said, moving on, I do think he needs to get a lot more aggressive with his messaging to capture the Trump voters because you ain't winning the primary. See, look, what is more important, rhetoric or action? Well, obviously, you know what we believe here. But if I were speaking to the governor, here's what I would say. The same way we are saying there's there's three levels. There's primary, there's general election, and then there's actually governing. So our point is, what's the point in Trump winning the primary if A, he can't win the general, and B, he can't govern properly and often governs in accordance with, with the left? What's the purpose? But the same thing is true in reverse. You could win a general, and you could be a great president if you actually get in there. But if you don't win the primary, you're worthless, right? You're not going anywhere. So at the end of the day, DeSantis needs to think of a way that we have a base that is acculturated to candidates in a certain way now. We have a conservative media that does what it does. We have a system built off of patronage. you got to find a way to win that primary. you got to step up your game. So while... I think the debate really is between all a bunch of candidates that are I will do versus one candidate who is I did. But that needs to be driven home stronger. Need to have a better comms strategy. Needs to have more of an online presence. Because at the end of the day, we, we might understand and appreciate what he did and where he's coming from. But... You know, you got to scream it in the voters' ears. But I want to get back to Vivek. I warned you guys. If the media wants you to know about someone suddenly, and there's no apparent reason, there's nothing amazing the guy did to earn that notoriety. Like, what the hell has Vivek done for us? DeSantis was fighting masks as the governor of the third largest state, while this guy was a private citizen and had to face no fire and was still pimping them. But now he's a hero. Just know, if you are suddenly being moved, Vivek Ramaswapi, Vivek, 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 like, whoa, who the hell is that? I never heard of him. 
and all my colleagues, oh, they all start circling the wagons. Always, always be suspicious when you have someone or something that is unnaturally being foisted upon you. Why? Why are they telling me that I need to know about him? There's something really dark about that. Something very, very dark about him. Okay? So that is the reality with him, and I warned you about him. And it turns out the more we find out, he, he, he recently said global warming is real, and then at the debate said the opposite. I mean, this was just not, not too long ago. So this is a constant, constant problem with him. This is a constant flip-flopping, and it is a disgrace. But again, he is giving access he is creating a movement. Now, I do think that DeSantis needs to get a little better about that if he wants to jump ahead of the game. And I'm not saying to become a grifter, but look, I mean, you wanted to run. This is the primary landscape we have. These are the voters we're acculturated to. So you can't allow yourself to be outflanked. So that's my baseline thought on the debate. But I just want to say very clear something that is interesting. Although DeSantis needs to step up his rhetoric to win the primary, in my view, let's not lose sight of a simple fact. The left doesn't meme in order to build support for policy outcomes. They quietly implement their policies and then meme off its inevitability as the new normal. And that's what you see with COVID. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, everyone knows masks don't work, but they're like, we don't care. We're doing it anyway. That's the beauty of DeSantis. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't warn about it. He just suddenly does it. And often it's like it's not even a big deal because he does it. And that creates an aura of inevitability. There are times that you have to build the case, build support for what you're trying to do. But often, culture is downstream from politics. Not the way you think. If the political leaders just say, this is what we're doing, people think, well, I guess that must be legit. That's what we need. The, the, the problem is he sometimes undersells his own actions with just the way he talks, the way he's used to functioning. He's also a little bit too principled for his own good in the sense that he doesn't believe – when he promises something, he believes that is an ironclad blood oath. And it's extremely admirable, and it's something we've never seen in politics. But because of that, he'll sometimes be very careful, especially if it's foreign policy. He literally pictures himself as president. He doesn't want to tip his hand, make a specific ironclad promise. And I get that. But, dude, you got to win the primary. And if something is a legitimate idea, even if it's not in your hand to fully implement it right now, you have the right to campaign and say it ought to be this way and put out a bold proclamation on that. But, but that's, that's kind of something I think he needs to work on as he, as he goes ahead. But I wanted to end with this. Under the next GOP president, I don't care if it's Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, whatever it is. As long as it's not officially one of their guys, 
a, a full-fledged Democrat. The left will unleash transformative events even quicker than they are. You know what I mean. The next COVID, the next natural disaster that's not really natural. And you're going to need someone who doesn't fall into it. Who just step right into it. You're going to need someone with that discipline to fight through it and message through it and not get sucked in. It's so funny watching some of these MAGA people that are like, you're a rhino, you're this, and they glum onto some of our issues that we were pushing before it was cool. And they were, I, I remember some of these guys, they were pimping high-skilled visas. They were pimping criminal justice to form and that entire movement. And now they'll make fun out of it. But they're never with us on the issue that matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. But dude, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. Let me just end off with this. This is a story from uh, just yesterday. The Western Standard. Alberta woman denied organ transplant over VAC status dies. The Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom said Alberta resident Sheila Annette Lewis had passed away. Um, she There was a whole court case on this that she was denied an, an organ transplant on account of not getting the shot. She was challenging it in court. And the Supreme Court ref refused to reverse a lower court decision. And, and she's dead. That stuff is still going on in some red states. That stuff is intensifying. How do we just walk away from COVID? How? What worse needs to happen to get us to be serious? You might think, well, I'll tell you what, just arresting people for their political views, including a former president and his lawyers and his staff. Okay, I'll bite. I'll agree with that. But you guys are treating Trump the same way, ironically, you treated COVID and every other issue. Here's the sick irony. They're so used to grifting. They're so used to memeing. They're so used to symbolism over substance. Pontification over strategic action. Belly aching versus outcomes. That they're applying it even to their own idol. That's what a listless vessel is, my friends. Aimless, rudderless. Because I was hoping, again, to me it was like, really, Trump's going to be the thing to bring the war, but none of this other stuff? But then I was like, all right, if that's what's going to bring the brinkmanship, I'm all for it. Bring it on. And yet no demand that, that their idol just say no. Again, you have a bunch of people show up at the courthouse and... You know, you're going to have a January 6th thing, and they're going to be thrown into a gulag. Trump just says, I'm staying in Mar-a-Lago. And again, you got to give a speech to the nation. you got to explain why, explain the justice. It was just, I, I was tweeting about this. There was this guy in Houston, red state. Murder one, he's out on 100,000 bail. That's the same bail that Jenna Ellis just got in Atlanta. 
This is the type of thing. I, I'll write Trump's speech for him. That he could give the anarcho-tyranny. The two-tier justice system. It would resonate. And I'm not showing up. And then to accentuate that and also help out on the federal fight, the federal indictments, have a defund fight. Why are they not calling for it? Why is the man himself not doing it? Email me, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. I'm back in full for so I'll you know be able to answer your emails, you know, in a you know relatively timely fashion. Where am I wrong? What am I missing? Am I naive? From what I can see, what are we saying? They're trying to assassinate him. They're creating a civil war. They're taking him down. We've crossed the Rubicon. It's a banana republic. You can't get a fair jury in New York and D.C. and Atlanta, Fulton County. I, I get that. I agree with that. So doesn't that mean that within certainly a year, he will be behind bars? We have one leverage point left to stop that. And that is September 30th, the budget bill. Am I missing something? I don't get it. I don't think I am. It's just a bunch of listless vessels. But for here, we always have a rudder. And I'm, I'm sorry that we're ending the week so soon after starting it. But hopefully we gave a good kind of presentation of the full week and again there's a lot of news stories i know i'm not up on so some of you continue sending that to me we'll catch up next week that's why i don't take off too often but uh certainly enjoyed the time and i appreciate you guys being so patient hope you guys have a terrific family oriented weekend remember action over talk the times are serious we need to turn to god and actually mean what we say and say what we mean. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.